You guys can have a seat. Well, welcome everyone to church this morning. We are so happy to have you. If you are a long-time attendee, we're happy to have you. And if you're a first-time visitor, we're really happy to have you. And we want to thank you for uh, choosing us to worship with. We want to welcome you guys at home as well. We just got a couple of announcements this morning. The marriage retreat is May the 14th through the 16th. And um, I said the deadline was today, and then Harold said, you don't have to pay everything today. So... You don't have to pay everything today, but they need to get you signed up for that. Um, there's the cost and everything. They're, they're going down to um, Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. Uh, so join them for that. I think, are you going? Harold and Jenny are going, so you can at least go and bother them for the weekend. It'll be a good time. But uh, also, uh, our last, this is the last week for our Annie Armstrong offering. We made our goal um, and, and surpassed it by a bunch. So thank you guys very much for that. And on your seat backs, you'll notice that there's a QR code, or two of them on there, QR code. I had to learn what a QR code was, but um, you can scan that with your phone, with the camera on your phone. One is for online giving, and the other one is for a connection card. So if it's your first time and you don't really want to talk to any of us, um, go ahead and scan that QR code, and you can enter your information in, or you can go out to the First Impressions desk and talk to them out there. But we are oh, glad to have you this morning. Why don't you join us in a word of prayer? Lord, we just thank you so much for this opportunity to come into your house, and, and, and we just thank you for all of the things that you're doing in this church and in our lives, Lord. We just want to uh, just lift you up this morning and ask you to come into this place as we sing and as we listen to your word, and be with Brother Harold as he brings our message, Lord, and, and, and just hope that it falls on someone's ears who need it this morning, Lord. And if there's one person in here who is not saved, that doesn't know Jesus Christ, Lord, we just hope that their heart is open to that this morning. We just want to thank you again for all that you've done, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we're going to ask you to stand back up with us. And uh, Miss Beth let Lindsay and I sing. Go ahead and stand back up. But uh, <laughs> Miss Beth asked us to sing Lindsay and I. Uh, she was brave enough to let us sing to the kids this week at Kids Rock. And we sang this song, and uh, they loved it. So if you know John 3.16, you should like this song too.
happy to have Channa and Bodie back up here singing with us. Um, Channa's going to lead this next song, and it's called Revelation Song. It's one of my favorite songs that she sings, but, you know, it just gives us such a picture of what we'll be doing in heaven when we get there, singing, Holy, Holy, Holy is the Lord God Almighty.
Thank you, praise team, and I'd invite you to join me in prayer. Father, we come this morning to the King of Kings, and uh, we lift up our voices and we cry, Holy, 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 uh, the one who is and was and always will be. Lord, you are God, and we want to worship you this morning. Thank you for our praise team who leads us. Thank you for the church gathered today. I pray your blessings on those that are here and those listening online. We pray you might speak through your word by your spirit, that we might have ears to hear. We pray that the gospel will be proclaimed. We pray that some will respond in faith. We pray that as your followers, that we'll be encouraged and challenged to follow Jesus' example of taking the gospel. And we invite you to speak in this time, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Well, it's so good to see you this morning, and uh, you see a kind of a different scenery around here. Uh, we're starting a 40 days of prayer, and uh, you can get one of these guides. Uh, Miss Pat's got some down here and some out there, 40 days of prayer. We're starting today. We'd love for you to participate. Uh, there's an initiative called Taking the Gospel to Every Home, and, uh, and so we're going to start with prayer, and, uh, and then uh, we're going to have six weeks of evangelistic sermons. And uh, some of our Bible study groups are going to go along with uh, the, the sermons. And uh, I'm going to do some uh, evangelism training. And in May, we're going to get together and pack a whole bunch of these little packets with uh, gospel tracts, DVDs, uh, the Gospel of John, and some other things. And then in this summer, in June and July, we're going to invite you to be summer missionaries. Yay! Everybody excited? Yeah, oh, good. I was hoping you all wouldn't be excited about that. Now, you don't have to get plane tickets, passports, any of that stuff. We're going to be missionaries here in Burlington. And we're going to go and uh, we're going to uh, take gospel tracts and information to our community. And uh, Lord willing, we'll have gospel conversations. We'll see some people get saved and uh, we'll celebrate that. That sound good? Good. That sounds good to me. Uh, so I'm in Matthew chapter 9 this morning. And uh, we're going to try to answer the question, why uh, we must get the gospel to every home. Now, uh, Kevin and uh, Jessica, they're going to Florida with our students, but uh, they had this idea to decorate like a home uh, to remind us that uh, we're going to go to those places with this good news. And so I appreciate them and their creativity. If, if there's ever anything creative up here, it, it didn't come from me because uh, I have none of that, uh, but the Lord's blessed us with uh, uh, creative uh, staff, and I'm thankful for them. Uh, why we must get the gospel to every home? On any given Sunday in Kentucky, now this is pre-COVID, it's worse now, but any given Sunday in Kentucky, 3.6 million Kentuckians would not have been found in any kind of church. 3.6 million. There's 4.8 million Kentuckians. Approximately 81% of Kentucky is unchurched. And so this whole year we spent time turning our eyes upon Jesus. And what we're going to notice this morning in Jesus' ministry is that he went from city to city, villages to villages, proclaiming the gospel. And if we want to be like Jesus, and we do, don't we? Yeah, if we want to be like Jesus, we want to follow his example. We've got to get out of the pews or out of the seats, out into the world. We've got to open our mouth. We've got to share the gospel, and we've got to live out our faith. And I'm thankful to pastor a church who cares about our community. And, uh, and so, listen, I want us to be a great commission church. I want us to be going, sowing, making disciples, baptizing, multiplying, and uh, because uh, Jesus tells us to do that, and he exemplifies it. And so Matthew chapter 9, I invite you to stand, and we're going to look at verses 35 through 38 as we consider why we must get the gospel to every home. And uh, not as many as last week, but uh, good to see some guests this morning. Thank you for joining us, and uh, I'd love to meet you after the service if I haven't met you, and so I'll be in the center after service. Uh, and Jesus, verse 35, went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them, because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, 
but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And uh, you may be seated, and uh, we'll ask the Lord to bless his word and to send out laborers this morning. So, as followers of Jesus, we want to follow his example. And what we have in verse 35 is that Jesus went throughout city and cities and villages teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel. Now, gospel means good news. And the gospel that Jesus is proclaiming is the same good news that he invites us to go and share with our neighbors. And so in this passage, I want to point out four keys to getting the gospel out. Four keys. First of all, I want to say that Jesus cared for people, and that's the first key for us. We must care for people. We must care for people. And so he's going throughout cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, healing every disease and every affliction. And so let me just point out some things here. He's going from the cities and the villages. He, he would go to the many. Usually in the city, there are many. And he would go to the villages. And sometimes there's only a handful in the villages. Uh, but he would go many or few. And he, here's what he was doing. He was teaching in their synagogues. And so that was probably to the religious. He's preaching or proclaiming the gospel to the religious and to the non-religious. He is healing every disease and every affliction. He had the power, and he ministered to the hurting and to the, the, the rejected of his time. Verse 36 says that when he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And so, listen, Jesus cared about people. When he saw them, he had compassion for them. The King James Version says he was moved with compassion for them. And so a question that we can ask is, is when was the last time that you were moved with compassion for the needs of others? When was the last time you was moved with compassion? Jesus saw their needs. Uh, he saw that they were uh, harassed and helpless. The Amplified Version says that they were distressed and dejected. When Jesus saw their condition, he was moved with compassion. Listen, Jesus came from heaven to earth because he was moved with compassion for us. Jesus saw a, a society of wandering, hurting people who lacked direction and purpose. Do we see any of those kind of people around us? Yeah, they're all around us. There's people, they're hurting, they, they have no direction. They're, Jesus said they were like sheep without a shepherd. And we know in, in John 10 that Jesus said that he was the good shepherd. And uh, shepherds care about sheep. And so uh, Jesus cared about people. You know the saying that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Well, Jesus cared. And he displayed his care by healing their afflictions and, and their diseases. He cared by teaching and preaching the good news of the kingdom. And, and so we could just say Jesus cared for people. And the question that we should consider this morning is do we really care about people? It's easy to say yes to that, isn't it? Uh, my prayer is that God would so move in our hearts in the coming weeks that we are moved to compassion and we care about the eternal destiny of our neighbors. That we care where they're going to spend eternity. Uh, let me ask you this question. Are we okay with someone who lives within a mile or two of the church 
dying without hearing about Jesus Christ and what he has done for them? Are we okay with people being around us without hearing the good news of the gospel? And so not only must we care, but second, the second key is we must share with people. We must share. We've, we've already looked at verse 35, and Jesus had a heart for sharing, and so he's teaching in their synagogues. He's preaching the gospel. He took what he had, which was the good news, the gospel, and he went about teaching and preaching and proclaiming that good news. And, and so let me ask you the question, do we have the same good news? Yes, we have the good news of what Jesus has done. Now, you might ask, well, what exactly is the gospel? You want us to share something. What, what is it that you want us to, to share? And, and I, I'm glad you're, you asked. There's lots of approaches to sharing the gospel. Some of you have been trained uh, to use Romans Road. And you just walk people through Romans, where it tells you you're a sinner, and there's a, a gift, and, and Jesus died for sins. And, and if you call upon him, you can be saved. I, I love the Romans Road. Uh, I've done some training here on something called Three Circles. And we just draw three circles, and we talk about God's design and, and how we've left God's design, and that's led to, to brokenness. And the, the, the main ingredient of that is the gospel, and we share what Jesus has done. We invite people to repent and believe and, and uh, recover that design and be saved. Uh, some people have been trained with faith evangelism. Uh, some of you all have done that. Some of you evangelism explosion. Some of you uh, like gospel tracts. I love to keep a track with me, and uh, sometimes you don't have time to maybe have a whole gospel conversation with the waiter, but you can leave a, a track and, and tell them how Jesus bridges the gap between a holy God and a sinful man. And so there are lots of ways to share the gospel, and I would love to train you in some of those ways, and, and uh, there'll be some opportunities for that, and uh, I get excited when people want to be trained in, in sharing the gospel. Early on in, in my life, when Jenny and I was married, we, we went through something called evangelism explosion. And so I like to ask people a question, uh, do you know for certain that if you were to die, you'd go to heaven? Or is that something you say you're working on? So. Yeah, a lot of people say, I hope so. And they want to know, and I, so I might say, well, Jenny, uh, suppose you were to die, and you stood before God, and he said, why should I let you into heaven? What would you say? Remember, brother, okay, okay, well, that's, that's good. Can, do you mind if I share with you how the Bible tells us that we can know for certain we're going to heaven? All right, so we, we ask them, can I share with you how the Bible tells us that we can know for sure? And the Bible does tell us that we can know for sure. First John five thirteen. these things have I written that you may know that you have eternal life. And so when, when they say sure, then I say, well, there, there's a, a door for, for the gospel. And I begin by telling them about heaven. And people want to know about heaven. And I like to say heaven's a free gift. Now, people's always expecting you to want something from them, and so I like to tell them up front, this is a gift. Uh, Romans 6, 23, the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So it's a free gift. It's, heaven is not earned or deserved. Uh, we don't have to do our stuff to earn heaven. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, for by grace you've been saved through faith, and that's not of yourself. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest we would boast. And so if I asked Tom, Tom, how much did you pay for the last gift that somebody gave you? Nothing, did you? It's a gift. And so the Bible says that heaven is a gift. You, you don't pay for it. You don't earn it or deserve it. And, and so we want them to know that first and foremost. And then we tell them some things about man. Man's a sinner. We're all sinners. Romans 3, 23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I, I might be the pastor here but i'm a sinner 
We have that in common. And there are, you know, and, and sin is anything that displeases God. Uh, it's, it's even more than that. It's, the Bible says to know to do right and not to do it is sin. I, mean, I think about all the times where I knew what I should have done and I didn't do it. Just sins of commission. Uh, sins of our thoughts and words and actions. And so lots of ways that we sin and we can't save ourselves. Man cannot save himself. And some people think, well, I'm a pretty good person, or I'm a member of a church, or I did this. or I'm... Listen, here's the standard. Matthew 5, 48. Be ye therefore perfect, as your Father in heaven is perfect. Now, is anybody going to try to get in on that standard? No. We're far from perfect. We're sinners. We can't save ourselves. And so we want people to, to know they're sinners. And this comes into sharper focus when we consider what the Bible says about God. Now, we know some things about God. God created us. God is love. God is merciful. And because God is merciful, He, he doesn't want to punish us. 1 John 4, 8 says God is love. And we, we enjoy those attributes of God, but the same Bible that tells us that God is merciful also tells us that God is just. Therefore, He must punish sin. And we've already said we're sinners. The Bible says in Exodus 34, 7, that he will by no means clear the guilty. And we're guilty. And so uh, we're, we're going to talk about good news, but, but first of all, I want us to know what the problem is. The, the bad news is that we're, we're sinners. And the good news is when we tell them that God solved our problem in the person of Jesus Christ. And so the gospel is all centered around Jesus. And so we want people to know who Jesus is. Jesus was God. He became man. I'll just call him the infinite God-man. John 1.1, 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word's referring to Jesus. Verse 14 says, the Word became flesh, and He dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. And so Jesus was God, and He became man. And most importantly, what Jesus did for us. And what He did was He went to the cross. He died he rose from the grave to pay the penalty for our sins and to purchase us a place in heaven. He did that for us. And uh, Isaiah 53, 6 says, All we like sheep have gone astray. We're sinners. We've turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Let me try to illustrate that. Let's just say that, now this is a Bible, but let's just say for illustrative purposes that this is a record book of all the sins in my life. And uh, this is a pretty big Bible, but you, you're right, it'd be bigger if it recorded all. I mean, if I just, let's just say I just sin three times a day. It'd probably be a good day. You can say it. You're thinking it. It'd be a good day for him. But that'd be over a thousand sins a year. That would be over 50,000 sins in my life. I, now, if I went and stood before a judge with 50,000 citations, I, anybody think I'd be in lots of trouble? Yeah. And so uh, God loves to uh, say that I'm here and God's here and He's holy and, and He loves me, but, but my sin separates us from God. And Isaiah 53, 6 says that the Lord laid on Him. And so God took my sin and He poured it out. He, he laid it upon Jesus at the cross and He paid for my sin. And now God can have a relationship with me because my sin has been paid for. That's what Jesus did for me. And, and man receives the gift of, of eternal life through repentance and faith. Repentance and faith. It's, it's like uh, there's two sides to a key. 
there's kind of two sides to salvation. One side is repentance, the other is faith. And we talk about repentance and faith, and I, I hope you understand that repentance is, is turning from your sins and turning to Christ. Uh, but it's not a word we normally use. And so sometimes I, I like to talk to people a little bit about what repentance is. Uh, sometimes I like to tell them what it's not. It's not just uh, feeling sorry for your sins. A lot of people do things and they, they feel sorry, uh, often because they got caught or because of the consequences of their sin. Uh, it, it's not even just turning over a new leaf or reforming yourself. Titus 3.5 says that He saved us not because of works done by us in righteousness. No, but because of His own mercy. It wasn't because we got everything right and now He saves us. It's, it's, no, it's by His mercy that He saves us. And so what repentance is, it starts with, it's, it's a godly sorrow. 2 Corinthians 2, uh, 7.10 says a, a godly grief. A godly grief. A, a grief over the fact that we have sinned against God and our sin caused Jesus to go to the cross. A, a godly grief leads to repentance that, that leads to salvation without regret. So a godly sorrow. Repentance is, is a turning from sin and a complete surrender to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. It's a willingness, church, to do whatever Christ in His Word commands us to do. And so He calls us to confess Him as Lord. He calls us to be baptized as believers, to be committed to the church. John 14, 15 says, If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And so genuine repentance is accompanied by faith. Now, we talk a lot about faith, believing upon Jesus, uh, but some people say, well, what exactly is, is faith? Well, let me tell you what it's not. It's not just mere intellectual assent. I, I'm regularly talking to people, and they say, well, I, I've always believed in God. Well, you're in good company because James 2.19 says the demons believe and shudder. They're not saved. They, they believe in, a, in God. It's the same way that I would say I believe in George Washington or I believe in Abraham Lincoln. I, I've heard of them. I believe they exist. But I don't have any type of personal connection with them. And so uh, faith is not just mere intellectual assent to something. Uh, what faith is, is is trusting in Jesus Christ alone for eternal life. Trusting in Jesus Christ alone. Acts 16.31, Paul said, Believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. Believe upon Jesus. And so, let me just try to illustrate the difference between intellectual assent and faith. I, I can say that I believe that chair exists, and I believe it'll hold me up, but faith is not only saying it, but going and, and sitting down and proving that I believe in this chair. That, that's what saving faith is. It's not just saying I believe Jesus existed. It's putting all your, your faith in what He did for you on the cross and trusting that. And, and so that's the good news of the gospel that we want to share. God's holy. Man's a sinner. Our sin deserves punishment and condemnation. Jesus comes to the rescue. Jesus lives a sinless life. He goes to the cross pays the penalty for our sin, he's raised from the grave, and he offers to forgive you of your sins and to give you the gift of eternal life if you will trust him completely for eternal life. That, that's the gospel. Uh, 
And, and listen, th- there's no plan B for reaching the world. God's plan is for His church to take this good news to the world and share that good news and people hear it and believe. And, and so Jesus says, as you go, make disciples and teach them and, and share this good news. As I think about the moral decline in America, uh, listen, I think about this. We have lots of churches, and we have lots of comfortable people in our churches, and yet there are countless people dying and going to hell. We ought not be comfortable if our neighbors are dying without hearing the good news of the gospel. And so I'm praying that God would give us a a sharing heart. Verse 37 says, uh, He said to the disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. The harvest is plentiful. Man, there's great potential. There's, and listen, I, I believe that's the case for America, that we are ripe for the harvest. The potential is there, but there's a problem. The laborers are few. And listen, not much has changed uh, since Jesus said that. I, you know, most churches don't even have an outreach program anymore because they, they don't have people who will come out and labor. And we, we should be sad about that. So what do we do? Well, here's a great petition, verse 38. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest that he will send out laborers into his harvest. Listen, Jesus said pray for laborers. And so the third key is that we must pray for laborers. And from what I've seen, this community is very receptive to some of our outreach efforts. And if we really believe that America is ripe for a harvest, then we have to pray that God would raise up more laborers to go out there and work the fields. That's the central message of this passage. Jesus commands us to pray. Pray to the Lord of harvest. And what are we to pray for? That God would send out laborers. The, the word send there, ekbalalo, it means to push. It means to drive out or to expel. And so Jesus would have us to pray for laborers in his harvest. We ought to pray for God to raise up sow winners and workers who will take the plow and sow the fields and water and bring a harvest. And, and that's why we're going to start with 40 days of prayer. And we're going to pray for a harvest, but we're also praying for, for laborers. I, I'm praying for God to send you out. I just want to tell you in advance, I'm praying that God will send you out. I'm praying that God would raise up some surrendered, faith-filled, courageous, Christ-centered workers that will go out there with the gospel. And and, uh, I'm going to be more earnest in my prayers for that, and I want to invite you to. Listen, let's let's just pray now for a minute. Will you, you for just a moment, Father, we we want to follow Jesus' exhortation and come to you, the Lord of the harvest, and pray earnestly that even amongst those in this room that you will raise up and send out laborers Lord I I pray that we'll be equipped with the gospel if we're not that we will be that we'll be filled with courage that we'll be filled with compassion and we'll care about our neighbors and that we'll go even if it's out of our comfort zone and we'll go out there in the name of Jesus and share the good news will you call out laborers from amongst us, and we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Will you pray that with me for the next 40 days and ask God to raise them up? And uh, listen, will you be an answer to my prayer? Or will you just go ahead and just decide I'm going to be a part of this? And it ain't my thing, but 
I'm going to do it. And we're going to have a, a way on our website to sign up. And I'm gonna, I need to see how many people are willing to go out. And, and like I said, we're going to go out to knock on doors. And, and uh, we're going to share these gospel tracts and, and hopefully have some. But uh, I, I want you to participate. And uh, I think you will. Uh, let me give you quickly three things to pray for. Pray for laborers. Uh, yeah, just pray. God, raise them up. We'll have so many. We'll have to go find some more homes. Faye, you'll have to get another map, and we'll have to hit some. Listen, that, wouldn't that be awesome that we run out of homes? to? That would be awesome. Secondly, I want you to pray for your one. And we've been talking about this for over a year. I hope you have someone that you're praying for every day. It can be more than one, but at least one that you ought to be knocking on the door of heaven saying, God, I want you to save my friend, my neighbor, my child. Last year I got to see Jay saved, and this year Ken, and I've got some more on my list this year. I'm, I'm just asking the Lord every day to, Lord, save them, and if you want to use me, then I'm, I want to be an instrument to pray for your one. And then just thirdly, pray that, that God would help us to see our neighbors as he sees them. We would have compassion for them, and that we want to share the good news. And so we've got to care, we've got to share, we've got to pray, and then fourthly, we've got to go to the people. You know, this is where it gets tough sometimes, isn't it? Bible says, "Be doers of the word, and not hearers only." Does it? That right? That, that's what James says: "Be doers, and not just hearers." And so, and notice this uh, in chapter nine, verse thirty-eight: "Pray for laborers." And then at the end of Matthew, the Great Commission: "Go therefore and make disciples." And so, pray for laborers, and then go and do the work. You know what we have sometimes in the church? We have spectators praying for laborers to do something that they're supposed to do themselves. You know what? It's really easy to recruit spectators. Yeah, I can get them all day. But what we're praying for is, is laborers. And uh, you know the reason that many Christians have never won anyone to Christ? They've never shared about Christ. They've never shared the gospel. 95% of church members have never led someone to Jesus Christ. Isn't that sad? 95% have never led someone else to faith in Christ. And I hope you're not in that statistic. But if you are, I want to help you get out of it. I, I want to help you. Now, some people say, well, I shared Christ and nobody got saved. Listen, the, God alone, He converts people. He calls us to share. And He'll take care of the rest. And here's what I tell people. You, you can take this to the bank. If you share Christ enough, you will lead someone to Christ. Promise. If you share Christ enough, you'll lead someone to Christ. And uh, if you want to bless your pastor and encourage me, you, you call me and tell me about an opportunity you had to, to share with someone. And I'll get excited about that. Someone did that last month. And I'm still excited about that. And I'm, I'm praying for that person that they talk to. I, but if you're trying to share, call me. Text me. I want to join you in that. that uh, I'm excited when, you, when you're doing that. Just, just notice this pattern. Chapter 9, verse 38, pray. He, he's talking to his disciples. Pray earnestly for the Lord to send out laborers. And look over to chapter 10, verse 5. These 12 Jesus sent out. <laughs> pray for laborers. And in the next chapter, he's sending them out. The, one he, the ones that he tells to pray is the ones that he's sending out. Listen, when we pray for something, we should be willing to do it. Amen. And so the Lord tells the disciples to pray for laborers, and then he sends the very... That's interesting to me. 
Um, and so we, we see the harvest, we begin to pray for the harvest, and we need to be ready to go work in the fields. And listen, church, this is urgent. You could probably overuse that word urgent, but this is urgent. The harvest is plentiful. And so we're to pray and we're to go. And, and so are you doing what he told you? Maybe you've heard some of these numbers before. Only 2% of active church members will invite an unchurched person to church in a given year. I, I don't think that's representative of us. I, I think you all better than that. But, but statistically, two, only 2% will invite someone to even join them for church. And so do we just not care? It takes 85 church people to reach one person for Christ. That's not good. It shouldn't take 85 of us. It's one, we, we ought to more of us be reaching people for Christ. And, and because of that, 85, 75 to 85% of churches in America are plateaued or declining. Because we're not working the, the fields. George Truett said the only reason Christians are left on earth is to bring others to Jesus. John Wesley said, you have only one business, and that is the salvation of souls. I don't know if I agree with all that, but I want to say it's a very important. It's at the top of the list. David Brainerd said, I care not how I lived or what hardships I went through. If only I might gain souls for Christ. And so if we want to do some honest evaluation, I mean, do, do you care about lost souls? Do you see lostness around you? Do, are you praying for them? And are you willing to, to share the gospel with them? Uh, before we close, I'll just uh, take you to Isaiah 6 for just a moment. And, and you're familiar with Isaiah 6. And Isaiah 6, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on the throne high and lifted up. He, Isaiah has this vision of the Lord on, on the throne in heaven. And he says, Woe am I, I'm a man of unclean lips. I dwell amongst the people of unclean lips, for I've seen the Lord. And, and we know the Lord sends the serpents and they take the coals and they, they, they clean him up. And, but in verse 8, listen to what Isaiah hears from the Lord. It, he hears the Lord say, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? And Isaiah went home and prayed about it for a few months. It doesn't say that, does it? No. Who, who will I send, and who will go for us? And what did Isaiah say? Here am I. Send me. Here am I, send me. Who will go? Who will I send? And Isaiah said, here, has the Lord ever heard that from you? Have you ever said, Lord, here am I? I'm not much, but here I am. Send me. And so from Jesus' example, I, I think we would agree that we need to get the gospel to every home in our community. And so I'm going to ask you, and I, I might be a little brash the next few weeks, Okay. Because uh, if I'm not, then you're just going to kind of come in and slide out and listen. Will you join us? Will you join us in praying for 40 days? Hey, why don't you just, if you'll do that, if you'll join me in praying for 40 days, we'll just raise your hand up. It's okay. I know we're Baptists. We won't, we're not, turn the cameras off. We, <laughs> will you join us in praying? And, and, uh, and then this summer, I'm going to ask you to lace up your shoes and get out in the fields and labor for the cause of Christ. And listen, if we all join together, this, this, this is going to be fun and it won't be that demanding. And the Lord will bless it. And listen, there, there are people that I can't reach, but you can. 
Shake your head like this. You believe that? There are people Danny can't reach. I mean, he can reach more than me. But, I, but you can. And God's put you in your workplace or your environment or he's put you there. And, and, uh, and so let's just follow Jesus' example. He went from all the cities and villages proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. And listen, we, I hope you know, I, I have this view of the gospel. It is the power of God and the salvation to everyone who believes. Everyone who believes. I regularly quote Hebrews 7.25. Consequently, he's able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him. He's able to save to the uttermost. That, that means it doesn't matter how bad you've been. Our God is able to save you if you come to God through his son Jesus. To the, to the uttermost, church. And here's what I believe. I can go out there and proclaim the gospel. And Romans 10.13 tells me that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I believe that. We believe that, don't we? Well, somebody does, yeah. Amen. We believe it. The people call out in faith, they can be saved. But Paul asked some questions in Romans 10 that are very important. He says, how can they call on someone they haven't believed? And how can they believe in someone they never heard of? And how can they hear if we don't go and preach and proclaim? And so here's our responsibility. We're to go and preach and proclaim the, the gospel. And here's what happens. When some hear, some will believe. And those believing will call upon the name of the Lord, and the Lord will save them. And Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes from hearing, and hearing from the word of Christ. And so we take the word, we preach it, and people hear it, believe it, call upon the Lord, and he saves them. That's the plan. And so God commissions us to go and proclaim the gospel, and we become his instruments of salvation to those who hear, believe, call and are saved. And so listen, the harvest is plentiful. Here's the questions we have to ask. Do you care? Will you pray? Or will you share? Will you pray? And will you go? Do you care? Will you share? Will you pray? Will you go? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. It's living and active. Thank you for Jesus and the example that he gives to us. Jesus cared. Jesus went about teaching and, and preaching. He tells us to pray for laborers. He invites us to be a part of his plan. And, and so I just pray this morning, Father, that you'd give us a heart like Jesus. And uh, Lord, we recognize this morning that uh, the gospel has gone out. And we've been reminded that we're sinners and that Jesus paid for our sins, that he died and was buried, was raised again that he offers to save those who will turn from their sins. Lord, I, the gospel's gone out, and it is your power to save. And so I pray that there might be someone here that has heard this good news and decides that they believe in Jesus. And they'll come this morning and confess him as Lord. And we trust your word that everyone who calls in faith will be saved. Lord, we want to see that this morning and celebrate it. Uh, we've seen it some in the past. We're excited about that. We're, we're excited about taking the gospel to our community. Uh, Lord, we pray that uh, even this morning that you would save some. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Will you stand with me? And we want to just take a few moments and give you an opportunity to respond. And uh, we invite you if, you, if you've never turned from your sins and believed upon Jesus, I'd, I'd love to talk to you about what that means to be a follower of Jesus. And maybe this morning you want to 
follow through on some commitments to Christ. Maybe you want to confess Jesus publicly. Maybe you want to follow the Lord in baptism. Maybe you want to be a part of the church. Uh, if I can help you with any of that, I'd love to. Maybe this morning you want to come and just uh, pray for your one. Maybe you just say, you know, I've been kind of flippant with my one, and uh, I said I was going to pray for him, and I've quit. Well, listen, come this morning and pray for him. And maybe you want to come this morning and, I don't know, say, listen, I want to be, I just want to know up front, I'm in. I'm going to be praying, and when we go, I'm ready to go. If you, if you know that and you want to come share that with me, you want to make me happy? I, I'll, I'll, I'll listen to you. So you respond this morning. If you want to partake in the Lord's Supper, you're welcome to do that. That's in the fronts. And uh, you respond this morning. He became sin who knew no sin that we might become His righteousness. Humble himself and So amazing, love so amazing, Jesus Messiah.
Praise team, you're all sounding good. You're all sounding good this morning, and uh, thank you for coming. Uh, again, we have some of these 40 days of prayer guides. You can pick them up. You can also get them online. You can go to our website, and uh, if you don't want the hard copy, you can just join us. But I hope you'll join us for that, and uh, I'm really excited about this. And uh, if some of you are a little nervous, God will help you with that, and I'll love to equip you, and uh, I'm just excited when the church does what the Lord of the church tells us to do. He blesses it. And uh, some of you are going to lead someone to Christ this year, and you're going to get so excited. It's going to start a fire, and, uh, man, we're going to watch you burn for Jesus. And, uh, man, it'll change you. It'll change you. You, you lead someone to the Lord, you, you want to do it again and again, and it's awesome. And so uh, be praying for that. Uh, pray for our students and leaders. They're down in Florida, I guess they're probably there by now. They were in Alabama last night, but pray for them this week as they're away. And we got lots of church folks traveling, and so pray for them. Uh, the marriage retreat is for anybody who would like to go, 14th through 16th. Uh, if you at least let us know you want to go, uh, we'll know how many rooms to, to keep reserved. And uh, you can pay as you can for that. So uh, thank you for coming, and our deacons will dismiss us after Danny prays. And thank you for being here today. Just got a couple of uh, small things. The, of course, like always, the Dollar Club, uh, the clear box on the way out, and then the offering boxes are the darker ones. They are labeled, so you cannot mess that up. And also, um, since it's spring break this week, there's a lot of the church normal uh, things that are canceled, like Kids Rock and Youth and things like that, um, are, not, are canceled this week because of everybody traveling. So um, let's pray together. Lord, thank you so much for this opportunity to come into your house. Lord, help us to take this. Help us to take this charge and run with it, Lord, and just let us help find people in our neighborhoods and, and, and on our street that don't know Jesus, Lord, and help us to give us the courage and give us the words to speak to them, Lord, and just open up that conversation about you. As much as you do for us, Lord, we should be just so willing to go tell somebody about it, and I thank you for that opportunity. And Lord, help us to not let those opportunities pass by. Be with us this week as we go, and everybody is traveling for spring break, and uh, give us traveling mercies, and uh, just bring them back safe to us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.